This is a BYU Sports Nation special presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from the Las Vegas Fan Fest, here's Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live from Las Vegas, baby, the night before the season opener, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, and they are everywhere in Craig Ranch Regional Park. It is great to have you here. I am Jerem Jordan from Las Vegas. Oh, baby. What's going on? we got a lot to talk about with the Big 12, with BYU-Arizona, and, of course, what's going on here tonight. We've got a loaded guest lineup. Of course, the AFR3 are here, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon, not to mention Tim McTire, Jamal Willis, and Patrick Mitchell, former players in the house. This is going to be a great hour. Thanks for hanging out with us to kick things off. Mr. Vegas himself. No, not Elvis Presley. It's Dave McCann, or who Wayne, lived here for 20 Wayne years. Newton. Wayne Newton also laid claim to <laughs> To that. Uh, oh, it's good to be back. I just met some of my old neighbors, and uh, this is the mecca of BYU football, Southern Nevada, on a, a hot summer night ahead of a huge game with the biggest news of all floating around. There's there's not one unhappy person here. Everyone's happy, and everyone's <laughs> getting creamery ice cream. Everyone's oh, yeah. getting their swag. Uh, Vandy Creations is here giving out stuff. This is going to be fun. So, loaded hour. Obviously, uh, let's talk Big 12 first, and then let's go to everything else. (laughs) There are all kinds of reports, and it turned from smoky this morning to, hey, there's actual fire. This is uh, actually sounding like it's going to happen. It's just when will it happen? So this is wild, Dave. In 2016, it was like flirting with nothing. But now it feels like this might actually go somewhere next week. It feels like in 2016, BYU was making the call. And here in 2021, BYU is answering the call. The Big 12 needs BYU. Even on ESPN this afternoon before North Carolina and Virginia Tech, they're talking about BYU is the best team out there that can help the Big 12. And then there's the other three. And uh, I'll tell you what, we've been independent for what? We're going to our 11th season? Is that right? 11 years of preparation for uh, what might come next week which is to finally take off that lesser-than title of non-P5, even though BYU is a P5 team playing a P5 schedule. Um, it goes away, and, and then the last recruiting chip that somebody can use against BYU also goes away. There's all the great things of bigger teams, bigger conference, shot at the playoff and all that stuff, but it really starts with recruiting because you can get players to do that. And when someone says, I don't know, it's BYU or such and such, well, we're P5 and they're not, it matters. And, uh, and some guys on the football staff have told me that it would be a game changer oh, for BYU. Oh, ab- absolutely. I think it's not just uh, a game changer for BYU and the athletic department. I think it's game changer for the university. Yeah. I think it's a status thing. I think it'd be the third most validating moment in BYU athletics history, number one being winning the national championship, two winning the Heisman. So the athletic this afternoon said the following, quote, the four schools are planning to individually submit formal applications to the Big 12 early next week for entry into the conference. That means BYU in the last couple of weeks has been preparing this, sources said. One, once the Big 12 receives the applications, the conference board of directors is expected to meet and extend formal invitations to each of the schools. Um, multiple reports of that voting happening next Friday. you got to get 80%. Which is the night before another big game. Sorry, correction, Thursday. Now, if Texas and Oklahoma don't show up to the meeting, seven of the eight have to vote for BYU. Iowa State had some concern before. Perhaps that goes away. 
but still it'd only be one no and you'd still be good. Continuing the quote, according to the Big 12 bylaws, supermajority of vote of 80% needed. Yeah. Um, this, this is where we're at. It feels like this is going to happen. And is it next Friday? Is it the next week? But it feels like it's going to happen. I think we're there. And, and here's why they're not going to say no for their own self-interest. Iowa State had their own interests back in 2016. And a lot of people think they were the ones who derailed the whole thing. Iowa State doesn't want to lose their P5 status. They don't want to be a no man in no conference kind of a thing. It's a money thing for them. And it's amazing how hearts and minds can change when it's all about you. Instead of, I want to share what I have with you. Now it's self-preservation. It seems like a great idea. And, you know, maybe it took five, six years to get there. We are there. And uh, salute Texas and Oklahoma for helping to make it possible. (laughs) Two teams that can't beat BYU are helping to make this possible. Texas and Oklahoma don't have a vote, in fact. So even if they showed up, they don't have a vote. Now, I'm not fully emotionally there to be like, yeah, baby, you know, get that excited. If and when that happens in a week or two or more, whatever. But this is a game-changing moment. This would be so validating. And now now I think back to what happened last year, Dave. And, yes, BYU could not control what schedule they played, but that result mattered. Zach Wilson being the number two pick mattered in this conversation. Everything matters. You'd like to think that it, BYU didn't need that to get in, but, boy, does BYU's taste BYU tastes good right now to everybody. And, and this rally matters. And tomorrow night on ESPN and BYU TV, the the uh, the stadium in another state will be full of BYU fans. And and what does that say? It says everything about the BYU brand. And everyone in the Big 12 is going to be watching this game tomorrow night, and they're going to see this stadium full of royal blue. And you know what? They're going to say, those are our guys, instead of, you know, We said no to those guys a long time ago. This is the perfect weekend for the BYU brand. Now, hopefully they win and do all that kind of stuff, but um, but just filling a road venue in a season opener in another state, this will be the biggest crowd in the history of the state as far as uh, watching a college football game. I learned that from reading the uh, Deseret News, an article you penned. Yes. It was awesome. I wrote an article today on Tyler Algier. Check it out at DesertNews.com. And and he's a guy who's licking his chops for tomorrow night because he's he's gotten too much business for his 1,100 yards last year against the schedule they play. All right, line these guys up. And he's, he's motivated by, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to prove that I was a good back last year and I'm a good back this year. He ran the 40 and a 4-5 the other day. Get him the ball. And he's big. Get him the ball, and he's running behind horses. Um, and never mind the guys he can throw to and all that stuff. The BYU's got a good team in a glorious setting here in Las Vegas. And with this Big 12 stuff floating around, you know, it is indeed a great Friday night to be a Cougar. It really is. Everyone's juiced about Big 12. Obviously, the season opener. Oh, by the way, Utah's next week. I mean, this is exciting. And you talked about... Vegas is a second home for BYU. Brian Keel, years ago, even though Lavelle Edwards Stadium had been there for a few years, called it, uh, you know, Cougar Stadium South, coming to Vegas. Now Allegiant Stadium, the crown jewel perhaps of the whole town. BYU gets to showcase that tomorrow night. I don't know what Arizona thinks they're bringing to Vegas, but it's not going to be what BYU brings. Not at all. I remember Pat Christensen, who is the, the president of Las Vegas events right now, but he was the head of UNLV's facilities, and he told me the story in 1980 when Jim McMahon and the Cougars came down for the first time. And he said he looked out and he just saw cars 
coming. The longest line ever, like a scene out of Field of Dreams. And, he, and that's when he realized uh, this, this BYU group is, has drawing power. And he said, every time BYU's come down here, they've hit a home run. And you talk about if you'll build it, they'll come. They built Allegiant Stadium. And now more BYU fans than ever before will be at this game outside of the state of Utah. So we're going to make a lot of history tomorrow night before they even kick the thing off. But as I've told these folks around here, you don't want to be late. Because the, I think the big moment of that game is when the lights come up and BYU comes out of the locker room. And that rush of human emotion, one, the place is going to go bananas. But we're back together after a long time being apart. And here comes a football team which represents so much to so many people. And I just think that's going to be one of the great moments of sports. It will be very special, and you're right. It's it, it, If it was a normal year, that would be a special moment. But because we're coming together for the first time, oh, it's going to be beautiful. Let's talk about this matchup. Arizona, obviously a team that has struggled mightily. Lost 12 in a row. They got blown out by Arizona State in the Territorial Cup in their last game. New head coach Jed Fish, two freshman quarterback. This feels like it's going to be a BYU win, but you've got to show up and win it. Arizona's got talent, but BYU's done this before in 2007 and 2016 and 2018 and so on. And this BYU team feels like it needs to prove, hey, last year wasn't a fluke. We can do it. And there's a lot of continuity on this team with the staff and some of the key players. One of the great things about our game is also the tragic thing about our game is that anything can happen, and it usually does. Uh, Arizona will have some speed. They'll have some time. they got guys with pride, and they're going to want to play hard for their new group, the new coaches and their defensive coordinators. Nickname Dr. Blitz. You can ask Nixon Don about Brown, that. Yeah. If they're going to blitz every down, are we set to deal with that? I'm thinking... Yeah, Jaron Hall drops it off to Lopini Katoa and he wins the Y Factor, but that's not an early revelation on how to do it. <laughs> hey, I'm just hey. saying, I'm just saying, are, are we built to withstand? If that's what they're going to do, are we smart enough and big enough up front to go, all right, you got that block, I got this block, Hall's got an extra second, and we're going to beat him downfield? Um, or are they going to just be overwhelmed, like we've seen some teams already this week with the season getting started? It's the high drama. That first quarter is going to be kind of like, uh, okay, what are you guys all about? Oh, you do this? Well, then we're going to adjust to this. And, and more so than any game on the schedule because there's just no video. I mean, BYU's been studying Michigan video because the defensive coordinator was at Michigan. Um, you just study the Patriots because he was the head coach was the quarterback coach last year at New England. I don't know what that Cam shows Newton you. incompletions will, yeah. is all you'll see. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what that shows <laughs> you. But uh, after the first three possessions, they're going to know exactly what they're going to try to do. And uh, you know what? They might break a big play. They might have... They might have a couple of moments. I think BYU is going to have a couple of moments. And uh, in the end, BYU is a better football team on paper. And they were last year, 11-1-0-5. I think BYU is going to have a really good night tomorrow night. But you know what? We've seen maybe it's going to be a nail-biter. I think BYU is going to win it. But um, you want to say, oh, they're going to kill them. Like I think most of the survey here with the folks could cause. And Vegas feels like uh, BYU by... 12 and a half, 12 and a half point. That's a, yep. And that's a big number for, for down here. But uh, the game's so great that you just don't know. And uh, Jaron Hall, you know, bless his heart, might be a superstar uh, or he might be a normal for game one. And he'll be compared to Superman Zach Wilson last year. Not fair, but that's what we do. So, you know, how does he handle that moment of th- now the keys are in his hands? He gets to drive. 
Uh, we have a pregame interview with him. I sat down with him the other night, and we'll have that on Countdown to Kickoff. Two-hour edition. Two-hour edition, 6.30 Mountain Time. Tom Homo, the athletic director, is going to sit live with us. I wonder what we're going to ask him. I've got like a 1,000 questions. <laughs> I don't know how many answers we're going to get, but we're going in with a 1,000 questions because no one's seen or heard much from Tom all week. In to fact, me, that's a good thing. In fact, BYU, Cincinnati, Central Florida – and uh, who's and the other one? Houston. Houston. They've all been very quiet. And Houston's never quiet about anything. <laughs> so you know something's going on. Yeah. And uh, what, an, what an exciting time. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I can't wait. We're going to have to send you over to the uh, football toss, Dave, see what your skills are over there. Maybe even send Blaine Fowler, the old uh, quarterback. He'll That'll be over be there showing off. So yeah. he'll be over there. I think he got his, his warm arm uh, warm earlier. Dave, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks for uh, joining us. And we look forward to a two-hour countdown to kickoff tomorrow. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Vegas. Oh. Have a great night. Let's go. Okay, that's Dave McCann. Our BYU Sports Nation Fan Fest poll question. Who will be BYU's Y factor against Arizona right now? Tyler Algier at 72%. Isaac Rex, the Elk, 15%. Gunnar Romney, 8%. Other, 5%. Continue to uh, weigh in on this. Well, Pina can tell. We can only put four on Twitter. That's the logistical issue. He must be the other. Lapini's the the other. other. Vote for the other. Exactly. In (laughs) fact, let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, Jonathan Hokinson on Twitter. Jaron Hall will be the Y Factor as the QB, who will be the backbone of the offense. If he can lead the offense effectively and move the ball down the field into the end zone more than four times, then BYU will win. Okay, continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up as we continue our coverage from Las Vegas, Tim McTire, Jamal Willis, and Patrick Mitchell will join us. This is BYU Sports Nation from the FanFest in Vegas, baby, the night before the game. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Oh, the giant Roomba. I mean, Allegiant Stadium, home of the Las Vegas Raiders. Join Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, myself tomorrow, and a bunch of special guests. Jaron Hall, Peace, Film Room with Tyler Patty, Tom Homel, Matt Bushman, Chad Lewis. Hey, loaded, baby. 8.30 Eastern tomorrow on VOA TV and the app. We are live from Craig Ranch Regional Park in Las Vegas for the Fan Fest. It's loading up. This place is getting packed. And I am joined by some awesome fellows, some former BYU standouts, Jamal Willis and Tim McTire and Patrick Mitchell. Guys, thanks for being here. This is awesome. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. Okay, all Vegas connections. You grew up here. Yes. You moved here later from California. I'm visiting. You're visiting. (laughs) Cook's in town. Tim's here. And Patrick, you're here now. Yes. Grew up in Waco. Yes. Okay, let's start with you, Jamal. This has been sort of a second home of BYU, obviously playing UNLV a ton, WAC championships. Now BYU's back in the crown jewel of perhaps Vegas of all the amazing buildings that have been built. This is pretty good. This is going to be a special weekend. You know, it's, it's going to be very special, you know, and specifically coming off of COVID and, you know, it's like a new season, new energy. Um, it's going to be very special and specifically, you know, just seeing, you know, a lot of the BYU ath- uh, football players and just what they want to prove from last year. I think that's really what's important. Just want to kind of a redo to show how good they are. 
Tim, you look good in the Royal, dude. You're already ready for tomorrow night. I appreciate it, man. I got my throwback shorts on. Those look – hey, you got the uh, beat digger <laughs> logo. I love that, man. Uh, yeah. This this uh, this team is coming off of an outstanding season. Yes. Uh, Zach Wilson, of course. How fun was that? Uh, super. Um, Blaine Fowler has said it reminds him a little bit of the 96 team where there was some real leadership that carried over that wanted to kind of keep things going. 96 was a pretty special team, man. Give us some of the sort of – ingredients from your junior to senior year going in when you realize that team might be pretty good um you know i think one of the first transitions was our off season kind of like now um we kind of made a pact to stay home work out together do more things as a unit and uh hold each other accountable throughout the season and uh, we gelled real good learned some of the things why we lost lost the big ucla game uh, we lost some small games and we, we didn't want that feeling. I think that was the first year uh, in a while BYU didn't get to a bowl game. It was. I didn't want to bring it up, but I'm, you did. I think you know, there was an 18-year streak or something that was crazy. Yeah. But guess what? It was worth it because you guys went to that season did something special. Yeah, so we had a super chip on our shoulders. Yes. And then, Patrick, you played in the early 90s. You, there, there was a little Miami win in there, right? It, definitely. Definitely. Little I mean, Miami when, win. When we had Ty there, it was special. Uh, Ty was a great athlete. All those guys, um, him and Mooley, Brian Mitchell, you know, a lot of those guys really put forth a great effort to be the great team early on. Um, we had a great season. Finished out with a, a good bowl game. Um, obviously didn't win that game that year uh, against Texas A&M. But all in all, we, we learned a lot. Um, came back the next three, four years and put some bowl games behind us and, and did well. Let's talk about the 94 Copper Bowl. A little, exactly. little 31-6 win over Oklahoma, right? Exactly, exactly. A little, little was, timely with uh, some news right it, now? It, it was, and, and, and that was probably one of the greater wins that we had. Um, it was a great football team. Um, I know they were going through some adversity at the time. We were losing a head coach at that particular point. But, hey, we came in prepared. It didn't matter who we were going to face. Uh, we knew we were going to walk away with a victory, and so and we did. So you, you two finished the same year? You were seniors the same year? Do I have that yes. right? We did. Okay. Yeah, we were seniors. And then Tim comes in, yes. right. right? Okay, awesome. Th- these are what we call OGs. OGs, right? <laughs> right? Tim yeah. comes in later. Right. Let's, right. let's talk about Sons. Shaman's on the team. He's yes. one of the uh, cornerbacks. Uh, how's he? How's he doing? Are we going to see him play tomorrow night? You know, I'm hoping. You know, they got a lot of good corners. Very talented group of, of corners there. You know, a lot of length, speed, quickness, ball skills. So, you know, Shimon, he's just uh, he's a solid, just a solid athlete. You know, and and I, when I look at him, he's how he's developed into a, a solid corner. Um, hopefully, you know, I could I could see him in the game, but we'll see. You know, but he's ready to he's ready to play. Those cornerbacks are, are ready to play tomorrow. And then Tim. Your son, Tory makes the 53-man roster for the Washington football team with yes, one sir. Dax Milne. Congratulations. Yes, he did, man. That was a, that was a good little sentence right there at the McTire, then the Dax. Just the whole straight BYU connection. That was pretty cool. And then, Patrick, do you have a son that's doing do. something I you do. want to mention? My son is just living life. He's living <laughs> downtown in Las Vegas and, and living a single life and uh, never went into sports. But, hey, I'm proud of him anyway. Love it. That's yes. awesome. Okay, uh, Jamal, with this team and these running backs. Tyler Algeo's coming off a 1,000-yard season. He is a big, fast dude. He's, he's unique. You've worked with him and Lopini Katoa and some of these running backs with Cutback Elite. Tell me what I don't know about these guys. 
because they are. It's a special group. It feels like you know, very special. You know, when you look at a running back and specifically Tyler, when I first got him, he was really raw. He's a very versatile guy. They had him playing defense, linebacker. You know, when I worked out with hey, him. The hey, no offense, but yeah, what the right, heck? Right, 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 right. <laughs> I wasn't going to say nothing. Right, right. He had a lot of animosity in that defense. Right. <laughs> well, you know, and he came out to me, and I, they were like, this guy has potential. You know, just work with him and see what you think. And so I worked with him for a couple times, and I was like, you know, this guy can go. You know, he's very raw. And then, you know, the second year he trained a little bit more, and then he put it all together big, fast. He's, I mean, honestly, he is the complete back right now. I mean, I. You know, honestly, he's one of those thousand-yard backs. You know, I honestly could see him. He will be playing in the NFL at some point. He's just very talented, and he's just tough. You know, and that's that's hard to come by a tough running back. You know, especially could do all. And then Lopini's versatility is 22 total touchdowns. He can catch it, too. Lopini is a great transitional back. You know what I mean? He's a guy that could carry the load and could do it all. But, you know, like... He made the little diving catch. I mean, he's the very little diving catch. The, the, big, the big diving Ooh, catch. Let's, let's, I'll rephrase that. But, <laughs> you know, he's just he's just very a very good all-around athlete. You know, kind of like I was. You know what I mean? I wasn't necessarily just a runner. I could do it all. You know, I can catch the ball. I can block. And I think he has a lot of those traits where he's, he's just an all-around solid back. Jamal, I'm just having Notre Dame... 94 highlights just screaming at me right now while I look at you. And it's just positive vibes right now. You know, it's always positive. You know, those vibes. They, you know, it's Kalani fun. blocking for you too, right? And Kalani. Yeah. And see, Kalani, a lot of people don't know, Kalani was the one that kind of kind of set the tone for me to jump over the top there. He was at the bottom, you know. Mm-hmm. And he always tells me this story that his daughter sees that play and goes, Dad, is that you jumping over the pile? He goes, no, I'm under the pile, you know. And so... You should ask him one day. He'll tell you that story. It sounds better from him, but not from me. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Much more coming up with these three. It's going to be awesome. Here from Craig Ranch Regional Park in Las Vegas at the Fan Fest, the night before the season opener here on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to Las Vegas, Craig Ranch Regional Park at the Fan Fest. Great to have you here. Jeremy Jordan alongside Jamal Willis, Tim McTire, and Patrick Mitchell for round two. Round one was good, but we're going to go round two. And uh, promises to be better than the Jake Paul fight a week ago, I promise. <laughs> uh, Tim, let's, let's talk about um, this secondary because people are very excited about it. I've heard, hey, this might be the best since Tim McTire and Omar Morgan. And I'm like, now hold up. Those yeah. guys could play. So what will it take to be better than your tandem there? Uh, first, first of all, the productivity. I mean, it's easier said than done. Um, I, like I said, I think I don't know what the statistics is over the years since myself and Omar, but we were we made all league as a tandem. Um, and until that's replicated, it's it's. Until you need the league, Tim, huh? to be all league. They might be in one soon. Uh, yes, I mean that's true, but that. That doesn't take away from their productivity this year. Um, it is a deep group. Uh, Gennaro's doing an excellent job at getting those guys ready. Um, they got a, I see a lot of anger and attitude, um, which, you know, we've kind of been missing for a while in the secondary. Um, I think the last guy that really had – there are some guys. I like Zane. Um, I like Lee. Um, Kai Nakua. Some guys that, that their attitude just stood out. Um, without being told. But I think this may be the year that um, they hold the back end down. 
The you know, two A's, anger and attitude. Anger and attitude. And I feel like a bunch of these guys were playing at Camp Randall in 2018 as freshmen against Wisconsin and got a taste of that. And they're right. still here. D'Angelo Mandel, mm-hmm. Keenan right. Ellis, Shaman Willis, yes. these guys. So that's exciting. Patrick, you had some ballers as well in the early 90s. That secondary was right. special too. It was. It was. I mean, we had a lot of great guys. Uh, Durin Gray, Tony Crutchfield, um, that played along Demel Reed and, you know, those Greg still. Those guys were, were really good. You know, we, they were interchangeable. We would lose one or two a year and then have to replace the next year and sort of have to regroup and get a feel for each other and, and play cohesively. But we did really well. We won a lot of games together. We were always ranked. Um, I finished out uh, all USA. And, and so, you know, we did what we needed to do to keep our team in the game. Some really fun teams and tons of team. memories. I kind of look at each of you and I can think of multiple plays that I just really enjoyed. Okay, let's talk about this Big 12 news. Obviously, if this goes down, this is one of the biggest, if not the biggest moment in BYU history, winning the right. national championship, winning the Heisman, <laughs> maybe going to the Big 12. Right. It'd be pretty validating for this program, Jamal, to finally get in that position where it feels like BYU's really wanted to be there, and we might be a couple weeks away from an announcement. Who knows? Yeah, I think it's going to be huge. You know, I mean, when you look at how the program has has evolved with Lavelle Edwards and even to now and to, to, to just be relevant again, I think, on a national scale, I think a lot of... A lot of people know what BYU is about and the program's about, but I think we've always been kind of just barely kind of scratching the surface. Even when Bronco was here, you know, he got us to a certain point, and now, you know, joining the Big 12, I think that, wow. I mean, it just opens the doors for everything. Where you talk about recruiting, where you talk about, you know, basically playing top-notch teams week after week, and, you know, it puts a lot more pressure that you got to come ready to play every week. You know, you don't have these off weeks, right? You know, and I think it's just going to be awesome for the fans, awesome for the players, but I really think it's going to put us on a different, we're on the scale, but it's going to put up, put us at a higher level. You know, when you're talking about notoriety, when you're talking about just being visible, you know, it's going to be huge. There were moments in these uh, kind of bigger games where you had to prove yourself. 97 Cotton Bowl sticks out, Tim, yes. where, okay, you were playing a Big 12 team. Big 12 was what? a year or two old at that point. You guys had to prove in that moment that you belonged, and now that's sort of the foundation for where we're at now. Yeah, it, I mean, for us, it started off at the beginning of the year uh, with uh, Texas A&M. Another Big 12 team. Um, you know, it was constantly like that. And I, I'm happy for them to be in the Big 12 because it gives them the opportunity to win. When I say an opportunity to win, there's nothing to win as far as independent conference at least back when we were playing we won the mountain west we can say we won something to get to the next level now there is no more excuses once you get to the big 12 you're either going to win the big 12 or you're not you may they may get some some nice bowl game there but you know you know how they're going to do byu uh we told you you shouldn't have and all of the other stuff which kind of should fuel the players fire now you know what i mean it's like there's something to prove once you get into that conference. You have to prove that you belong. Yeah. And, Patrick, you're from Waco, home of Baylor. Right. I mean, this hits home for you too, right? It does. It does. I mean, when we played against Oklahoma in 95 uh, in that bowl game, it was a good bowl game for us um, to show that we could play with any of the, the caliber of talent that was out there, any team that showed up, having earlier wins against Notre Dame and Penn State and some of those other schools. I mean, we had already solidified ourselves as a great program and, and with the recruiting and with the wins, uh, with the national championship. But just like Tim said, to get to another level, you really have to be in some of the bigger conferences, the Big 12, the SEC, the ACC, to really get that notoriety for the program that you need for better recruits, 
you know, uh, better TV deals and, you know, better fanfare for BYU. So I'm, I'm excited about to see what's, what's about to happen. So It's going to be fun tomorrow. BYU's uh, got a season opener against a Power 5 team in an NFL stadium. What are you expecting tomorrow night? Arizona is certainly a team that has been struggling, new head coach, BYU feeling <laughs> like it's got to kind of prove, hey, we're still good even without that crew of NFL guys. Big-time opportunity tomorrow. Well, I think <laughs> can you hear me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I think on both sides of the ball, you're going to just see energy. You're going to see a lot of excitement. Um, I, I, I look at, you know, BYU in general. You know what I mean? They've worked hard all summer long. They've been hitting each other, you know, and you're tired of, get, you're tired of hitting each other. You want to go out and hit someone else. So I think we're going to see, you know, a lot of just guys, just energy flying around. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see what Jaron does. You know, Jaron's a very talented quarterback and an athlete. You know, and I just think, you know, hopefully he can just kind of uh, play in the moment. You know what I mean? Not do too much too soon, but kind of just, you know, just play in the moment, control the pace. And then when he gets that opportunity to make a big play, make the big play. You know, so I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. Big season openers familiar to you guys as well. Uh, Tim, what do you what do you expect tomorrow night? I'm expecting Kalani to lead the way. You know, uh, like physically onto the field, all of that. <laughs> Kalani might run the flag out. You know what I mean? Like he might. You never know with Kalani, but he's going to lead by example. What I'm saying, his emotions. You you know, there's never hidden. His emotions are never hidden on the sideline, whether winning or losing, whether trying to get his guys up. Kalani leads with emotion, and I think that 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 uh, that bleeds on to the to the rest of the guys, man. And that's what I expect to see. What do you think, Patrick? Likewise, I expect BYU to play BYU football. I expect them to throw the ball. Um, I expect them to sneak some great runs in there. Um, I expect them to show up. I mean, this is a team that's nationally televised. We want to make sure that we go out and represent the brand, the brand of football that we play, show that the talent is there to be at the level that we expect to be at. And so I expect a great win tomorrow, and I think those guys are going to put forth a a great show. Well, the nation was already going to be watching. They're going to watch even more after the Big 12 conversation, right? right? Yes. Allegiant Stadium, the whole deal. Yes. So thanks so much, Jamal and Tim and Patrick. It was great to be with you guys. Have fun mingling with these fans. They can't wait to meet you as well. <laughs> Thank you. We got a good spot. Thanks, <laughs> thanks so much. Vegas guys, let's go. Okay, coming up, Blaine Fowler and David Nixon break down the Big 12 conversation. BYU and Arizona matchups to watch as we continue our coverage from Las Vegas, Nevada. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 13th ranked BYU women's volleyball host Michigan State tomorrow at 9 Eastern time. Right now, set two, BYU up 10-5, won the first set 25-8. So a uh, smackdown after the five-setter against Weber State last night. Welcome back to Las Vegas. Inside the Smith Field House, BYU taking on Dixie State on the BYU TV app. You can watch that on the app. You can watch this on BYU TV and the app. Hey, multi-screen is 2021, right? You know how to do it. Welcome back, Jerem Jordan uh, with some of my best friends. Blaine Fowler, David Nixon with us. Look, look at the showing so far from the fans, it, by the way. We knew it'd be good. This is awesome. It's, it's really impressive. Like, we were, we were doing some pictures here, and I wasn't really paying attention, and I kind of looked out over, and I thought... My goodness, this is this is big time, and this is what BYU brings. You know, it's it's a big time program with a following. No matter where they go on the road, that this is what happens. This is a huge park, and the place is full. It's awesome. And I think some of the buzz comes from the season that BYU had last year. I think all fans are excited for this year because of the success. 
And, and I think everyone's looking to build upon that going into this year. Obviously, some question marks. Uh, but I think at this point, with all the stars now being named, the depth chart being released, I think everyone's pretty confident with this team to be what he's rolling into tomorrow. Not a lot of question marks. I know there have been some new positions, guys moved on to the NFL. Uh, but all in all, I think everyone's pretty confident with the depth that BYU has as they open up the season. And, man, what a schedule BYU has this year. And you start off with a P5 right out of the gates. Do we know more about BYU to the Big 12 than we do certain things on the field, maybe? I don't know, because this afternoon, guys, it went from smoke to fire, where there were multiple reports of, hey, this is happening next week. Invitations will be given. They're going to vote. It's expected that, that... Blaine, is BYU going to be in the Big 12 in a week or two? Yeah, they are. I mean, I, I feel like this time it's real. And, and I have not talked to somebody. I haven't talked to any officials in the Big 12, but I've talked to enough people um, that are tied into that that I feel like this is happening. And remember the last time we were talking about the Big 12? This was just very hopeful on BYU's part. They were trying to lobby their way in. We weren't even sure if the Big 12 was going to expand. This is a little bit more desperation time for the Big 12. My my feeling is the turning point came when the Pac-12 came out and said, we're not going to add any teams. So all of a sudden, Baylor and Oklahoma State, who maybe were thinking about getting out, were going, well, then we better circle the wagons and we better figure something out. That's when it got serious. And that's when the Big 12 realized we have to go get programs that that bring a marquee name, that bring big stadiums, that can bring a high quality of football, most importantly, but also all sports. And, and BYU's right at the top of that list for anybody that's available out there. And so this time it's a little bit different. This time it's the Big 12 looking. It's not BYU trying to lobby their way in. Well, the best part about this, there's a guy that probably knows quite a bit about 15 feet from us and Tom Homo right behind us. We'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to pee Waiting until tomorrow yeah. for yeah. that interview. Oh, yeah. yeah exactly. And, and we're going to ask him. We're going to ask him. Hey, <laughs> let, me, let me say this. I, I grew up in Texas. I grew up in Big 12 country. And and for BYU to, to, to potentially be in, as we all, you know, it's once again, whether smoke or fire, uh, it's, it's huge for this program for BYU. And, and I say that because not only the, who you're playing against, the whole P5, being, finally being in a P5 type uh, conference, but the recruiting that, that opens up in Texas. All the kids out there that maybe get looked over by A&M in Texas, but are high caliber athletes. Now BYU is going out there playing at Baylor and Waco, right? Playing in Texas Tech and Lubbock. And now you've got an opportunity to showcase your brand to these kids and show a winning brand that you're putting on the field. It's huge. It's huge for all aspects. Obviously, money, we, we know monetarily-wise, it's it's a huge boost for BYU's budget. Uh, but as far as picking up recruits and athletes, it's huge as well. And then, of course, you know, being on TV and, and playing for a conference championship, there's so many good things that come out of this. I think that's why all BYU fans are so excited. It feels validating. I think winning the national championship is the most validating moment in BYU history. Winning the Heisman, to me, is two. To me, this is top three, and you could argue it's number one if you want in the modern era for BYU finally to be included. And let's be honest, we've been a little peanut butter and jealous that Utah's been in a Power 5 league. BYU's not not been. It's like, okay, now we are equal in that regard. Um, I I think this is a massive moment, and it's just it just feels like a matter of time now, which is just crazy. Yeah, it's huge. And and think about it. in the past, the thing that's been frustrating for BYU is they're going, wait a minute here, this is a top twenty athletic program in the country, like clearly the best non P five 
athletic program. The football team has got a national championship and a Heisman Trophy and Outland Trophies and, Joke and you, you name it, right? And what's been keeping them out? Well, they're a little more difficult to deal with. There's the no Sunday play thing. There's And so it's been things outside of the sports program and the academic program that have probably been the deciding factors that have had them just barely on the outside looking in. At this point, um, the, the need is so overwhelming that they're going, okay, we're going to work around no Sunday play. We're going to do these things. We need this program in and I think BYU can compete right away in all sports in that league yeah. and and that's what's fun. And basketball will be harder than football oh, by oh. the way. My goodness that basketball conference. Baylor just won the national championship Kansas of course. Da, da, da. Houston is a phenomenal basketball program. Um, it's yeah, we, and we know all about Kansas. Kansas State's a great program. Texas, Iowa State's Tech, like, Virginia, yeah, Cincinnati. You, you, you name it. That is Texas a Tech been to the Final Four a couple times. Yeah. That is a big time, big time basketball program. Probably one of the uh, or, uh, conference. Probably one of the top three in the I, country. I right? was told, according to Ken Palm Metrics, this afternoon that that league would be number one in the country. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't so, surprise me because of the depth, right? Crazy, right? You and, know, it could be 18 and 13 in the regular season and be a nine seed. And that's been a problem. <laughs> and we're saying, we're saying, hey, is the WCC going to get two teams in the tournament this year? Hey, the Big 12, as it will exist, will they get seven or, or will they get eight this yeah, year, right? Yeah, and so crazy. it's a whole different deal. But they'll compete in football as well. And people are going, well, but Oklahoma, the marquee team, is leaving. And Texas, the marquee program. Well, well Texas has been a great overall program, but football's not been phenomenal the last They're few back. years. No, you weren't. And, and so you look at this league with what's left. The football league, football only, is right there. You, you cannot convince me that the Pac-12 is better than the new Big 12 will be. Uh, because It'll be a fun conversation. Yeah. We will explore at it, length. If, if you're talking about when USC was in their heyday with Pete Carroll there, or when Oregon was competing for national championships, they had some marquee teams. But when you look at depth of the conference, and USC hasn't been USC in recent years, and Oregon hasn't been Oregon in recent years. Oregon State exists. Arizona it, it, has struggled for years. Right. And so, so I look at these, and I go top to bottom, um, that league can compete in football as well. And, you know, maybe USC someday gets their act back together and they're a marquee team. But We'll find out we'll, at the end of November. We'll, we'll, we'll know in the last game of the season, right, yeah. if they got their act back together. But, but certainly this league is a P5 league, P5 league as it will exist and, and with the teams, the four teams that they're talking about adding right now. I, it's huge for BYU. It's huge for BYU, and um, scheduling becomes much easier, and you get some natural My rivalries. My philosophy goes out the window because it's, all right, you're in the big boy conference. Let's go. Well, Let's duke it, it up. It, and it's it's not only, I think, for the players, too. And, and right. to be, we talked about getting recruits in, but for a player, going back to thinking about in the Mountain West Conference days, being able to play for a conference championship. I mean, it was it was something you strive for. Of course, you can slip up, and that's the thing with independence that's been so tough is that you you lose a game, and kind of the, all your goals are out the window, basically, right? The, the whole New Year six is you can't achieve it basically anymore. You had to have a perfect season. Whereas if you go to the Big Twelve, you can slip up a game, maybe two, and still make it the conference championship, and still make your way to New Year six if you win that championship. So, so there's so many more possibilities, uh, and it, it gives you more flexibility in that sense. But it's it's awesome all around. I'm telling you, it's uh, it's been fun to watch this, all these developments, and the fact that uh, BYU. 
being the position they've been in as an independent, you alluded to it earlier, Blaine, it allows BYU to jump right in. You, yes. There's no buyouts. There's no wait. You don't have to wait two this years. could be next season. It could be as soon as next year, which we'll is incredible. And, and the thing the thing that is, is most important is I think BYU physically in football – um, physically in basketball. BYU's other sports, their Olympic sports, they can compete with anybody in the country forever, right? Like, we'll put our Olympic sports at BYU against any pr- program in the country. Um, but but football and basketball have, have upped the talent level, and they've increased the depth over the last several years. Independence has allowed BYU to do that. We, we're talking about this BYU football team this year as we get ready for them to play tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, there's a game tomorrow. I forgot. And we're, and we're going... Wait a minute. They're as deep as they've ever been at wide receiver. They're as deep as they've ever been at corner. They're as deep as they've ever been at linebacker. They're, you know, they're, hey, they're deep at quarterback, right? And we're going, that's what it takes to play the kind of schedule they have. If you're going to play seven P5s, you've got to have depth. That's the difference between being able to compete in a league like that and not. And, and we're saying, wow, BYU's basketball program really deep right now, as deep as they've ever been. BYU's football program, wow, they're as deep as they've ever been. That is very important. That means they're physically ready to go into that league and duke it out every week with the, with the caliber programs they're going to play against. And then we'll only get deeper with the recruiting opportunity. Right. We've seen what it's done for Utah. There are kids who want to go to USC and UCLA, don't get in, but want to play in the Pac-12. They go to Utah, good program, top 25. They play in that league. We're going to see guys that are from these areas that want to play against those teams. Maybe there's some little Broncos that are on the revenge tour and play at another team just to play another. Who knows, right? We'll take them. We'll take them. Okay, let's actually talk about the game tomorrow. So BYU and Arizona. Obviously, David, Arizona is a team that has struggled, lost 12 in a row. They're going to play two freshman quarterbacks. BYU's rolling in with a new quarterback on its own, but there's a lot of confidence. Vegas saying BYU by 12 and a half. How do you feel about the matchup? I think that line feels about right. And, and of course, 12 is a big number, especially for this first game of the year. Typically, first game of the year, you're trying to kind of iron out the kinks, right? They shake off the rust and get back in game mode. And so big margins of victories are tough to come by in the first game. With that being said, uh, you know, Blaine, I've been in practice. This, this team, they look they look great. And and listen, I'm not the I'm not I'm not the you know blue goggles type guy. I, I try to I try to call it what it is and, and make it real but uh they they look great and and, and that what we talk about it's all across the board it's just not certain positions but wide receiver we talk about afr all the time this might be the deepest wide receiver core we always had in, in the last couple of decades uh and when you throw in the tight ends in there right uh the, the linebacker core might be the best linebacker core we've had in the last decade as, as a collective unit right uh, we, we so, got to go back to dave nixon and brian keel to have the backers like seriously like, we talk about that, and Dave gets embarrassed about it, but we've had some really good individual backers, but this whole crew can play. Yeah. And, and when you had Dave and Brian, you know, what, what was your senior year, 08? 08. Yeah. And 07, was, we had killed. We had killed. Yeah. And I, I, I want to put 12 and 13 out there, because there was a moment where all four were NFL guys later. Yeah, that's true. Different ages, right? Kalani like Fua yep. and, uh, yep. you know, Spencer Hadley. And Kyle Van Noy. And, and they're on the field at the same time, though. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and Ziggy and Daniel Sorensen, by the way. Yeah. That, that's a pretty good defense. That, that's a good that, defense. I'll give you credit. We're going to say, we're going to give you credit on that one because that's true. And, and, and that was, and they were really good defensively that year. And so we've been talking a lot about BYU's offense with all the, you know, five tight ends that can play and all of these receivers. And they were already in good shape at receiver and the Pook and Sampson transfer in, right? And now it's like, whoa, have they ever been this deep? It, and we're talking about all these weapons and, hey, all the quarterbacks have to do is distribute it. And nobody's talking about the defense. And I think Kalani has quietly said just behind the scenes a couple of times, we're going to be really good on defense. 
because he loves this linebacking core, and he, and he thinks that they're deep on the D-line. And, you know, you just had Tim McTire on, and you, you start looking at corners. The last time they've had multiple guys that are possibility to play in the league at corner was when he had Tim and Omar. Right? Can you, is there a time since then where we've had no. the two positions that are always not very deep at BYU are wide receiver and corner, and and a this year more athleticism. Yeah, and speed. this year we're going whoa, they're really good and they're really deep. Dave and I keep coming away from practice going, hey, this team's pretty good. You know, if the quarterbacks can take care of the football, and and the safeties can be smart in the back end and not give up big plays, really good. I'll, I'll tell you the last piece that I think is very underrated for this team is having James Impey back as center. And when you got it when you got a new quarterback behind you, you got a veteran center that can call the protections, that can get the snaps where they need to be, and it can calm down the quarterback as well. That's a huge luxury, and I think James Impey is going to play an integral part in this offense, offensive line, but the offense as a whole as being kind of that captain, that steady Eddie type guy uh, to help calm down Jaron Hall as he comes out, you know, all jittery, ready to go after he hasn't played for, you know, a year and a half or so. So I, I think that's something we don't talk a lot about. This offensive line, everyone says, well, Brady Kirchison, I mean, this offensive line, can they hold up? They're, they're really good up front. I like those two dudes inside because I, th- I think that James Empey and Clark Barrington those two guys are veteran guys, and they play with an edge. And the best offensive lines always have at least one guy. Like on the defensive side, you go, oh, that guy's an idiot. But I want that idiot on my team. Like he's, <laughs> he's constantly talking, and he's, and he's just, I just borderline dirty. And, he, you know, they're just nasty, right? Barrington and James Empey, like they challenge each other to be the nastier guy <laughs> and to talk more crap out on the field. And so I'm going to be watching tomorrow to see which one's talking more junk out there. But very confident guys inside will absolutely help the, the quarterback tomorrow. And we're we're going to break this all down tomorrow. we got a yep. two-hour special with Count on the Kickoff. So join us. Stay for another segment. We've got another segment with you guys uh, coming up in a second. Here from Las Vegas as we continue from the Fan Fest. Let's go, baby! As we continue from Las Vegas after this break. Thank you.